Every single one of us is hoping for a happy 2021, even more so given the appalling year we've all just suffered. Well, hopefully, one of the New Year highlights for Evertonians will be the first spade in the ground at Bramley Moor Dock. The club's director of stadium development, Colin Chong, joins me now, along with our former midfielder, Gareth Farrelly, for a Bramley Moor update. Colin, if I can start with you, we've had to make a, an amended planning application, haven't we? Just just tell us why we've had to do that, Colin, and, and what the amends have been. Yeah, so if, if you recall, we... Um... We put our first planning application in, in um, I think it was December 2019, and we'd obviously consulted with a, a number of stakeholders, both statutory and non-statutory, and they're all very helpful in, in real terms uh, when it comes down to uh, advising us with regards to what the design should incorporate and how it should look. But then what you find is actually when you put it all down on paper and you start asking people for a, you know, an honest opinion, they come back with a, a number of... Uh, of clarifications or changes that they, they should have asked for earlier. And it, it's not as straightforward as, you know, people just say something for the sake of saying it. They uh, they, they genuinely mean what they're saying when they tell you. But we, we ended up with a number of uh, requested changes from both um, mainly Liverpool City Council and uh, Historic England uh, with regards to some of the uh, amends that we've made. And, and effectively, they the suggestions that they did proposed actually improved what we you know we felt was the uh the, the aesthetic qualities of the stadium um although it gave us a couple of other challenges with regards to logistics and so forth but um you know they came back and basically said they didn't like the multi-story car park on the western quayside uh it ruined the view from the main um stadium west stand across to the uh, to the Whittle, and certainly the river uh, mersey vista was uh, was interrupted um they wanted a river walk that came from the southern Dockland area. So roughly, you know, round about um, the, the Lager buildings area, right up to, to the north of, uh, of Liverpool and, and, and bordering with Sefton. Uh, they wanted to have a continuous river walk along that seafront, um, which is mainly in the gift of other parties, but uh, they wanted our stadium to be the, the start and end point, I suppose, of, uh, of, of that river walk. And then there were a number of other changes that we had to incorporate as a result of uh, environmental impact assessments, um, the comments that had come back from, you know, from other stakeholders with regards to the facade, uh, the symmetry of the building. So in, in general terms, we tried to incorporate everybody's positive feedback, which is really difficult because sometimes it conflict with, with one person or one organization's requirement to another's. Mm. Um, we sort of got to a happy um, medium where we, we sort of satisfied everybody in general terms with regards to the quality and the uh, and, and the, you know the design itself. So um, so that then went back into a planning application, um, which was uh, September of this year. Um, and, and you know again we've just been responding to queries from Liverpool City Council and and other statutory stakeholders with regards to some minor amends and details. So it's not a straightforward. You put a planning application in, it's an iterative process that um, takes an awful lot of negotiation and trying to balance one stakeholder's requirements off with another, but also trying to deliver what we want as a, as a client. Um, you know, it's got to be a functional football stadium. It's got to satisfy the needs of our spectators and supporters, um, and it, it needs to do what we want it to do, but try and um, satisfy everybody else as well. 
It's all very exciting. Gareth, I'm sure you've seen the, the, the initial designs. It's It looks fantastic, doesn't it? You can understand why the Evertonians have got the wow factor about this potential new stadium. Yeah, very much so. And I, and I think, listen to Colin, I think the club have dealt with it really, really well so far. But I think, as with football fans, the difficulty everybody has is, is managing that expectation. So, given the year we've had, and when we sit here having this conversation today, I think it's something to look forward to. But, um, obviously, nothing has been straightforward this year. And with regards to a project of this magnitude, there has to be some level of... Um, temperance around the fact that it never really goes in a straight line and again I think Collins explained it really really well is in the fact that when you're dealing with multiple stakeholders and multiple people who have differing interests you have to do your best to navigate through that and balance how best to get to the end game which is which is to obviously secure planning so I think the club are to be commended for how they've dealt with all of that so far and also with regards to the communication of keeping everybody kind of abreast of where they're up to. A lot of people I spoke to, Gareth, when this project was first muted, were saying, listen, it's got to be Everton. The stadium's got to be Everton. We don't want it to be like West Ham. We don't want it to be like whoever else. It's got to be Everton. And, and from the designs, it certainly looks Everton, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But 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 again, we're talking Everton, and, and this is the difficult balance for all of the people involved, is that one of the things that Everton, Evertonians, Everton as a club will always relate to is, 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 is the unique history. Now, again, I'm sure every club sits and says the same thing, but I think, again, that's one of the things that has been very much in the contemplation of the people either involved in the design, also where the club is, where the ground is going to be situated. So I, it's, I don't envy them because, again, it's, it's very, in, especially in football, it's very, very difficult to, to please everybody. But I think there has, there has been an overwhelming positive reaction to the design um, where it's going to be situated and, again, trying to make people aware of the history that sits behind that. So so from the fans' point of view, they wanted yesterday, which doesn't put any pressure on Colin at all. But I think <laughs> there's also a, a realisation that something that's been presented as it has been so far will, will be worth waiting for. Colin, will we get to a point or are we at a point where... Any more suggestions, any more amends are not going to happen? Have we drawn a line under that now? Um, I would never say never, um, but we're, we're pretty confident now that we've satisfied um, all of the legitimate um, queries and, and, and changes that are, or you know, amendments that have been requested. So um, we're pretty confident that it will only be minor amends now, um, things that wouldn't even be noticeable within the design and, and um, but, you know, I would never, ever say never. The support, not just of Evertonians, Colin, the support of people within the city, within the Liverpool region has been fantastic, hasn't it, from from the start of this problem? You know, it's been great. Uh, crikey, it's to my mind back now. There was over 40,000 respondents to the second stage public consultation, um, and that's, like, unprecedented. Um I've been involved in planning applications before and, you know, things for such as hospitals, libraries and schools. And you'd think that people would show a great interest in some of these public and civic buildings. But, um, the, the, you know, the amount of responses that we've had for the football stadium have just been astronomical. They've all been really positive as well. You know, we tried to make sure that we, we covered a wide spectrum of 
of people who may well have, uh, you know, an input or an interest. It's covered, you know, obviously Evertonians, spectators, football supporters in general. We tried to canvas the opinion of, of you know, of other um, spectators and, and supporters of clubs. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we didn't, um, I suppose, leave out just the general public because it is a, a civic building mm. and had just such a vast um, array of, of respondents from, you know, every walk of life, you know, Evertonians, Liverpool supporters have all really been really positive. It's been great. Um, the support in the city has just been fantastic. And as you know, we've also got supporters who uh, live far and, and wide who have, have made the effort to, uh, to to have an, a say and an input as well. So it's been really brilliant and just so positive. I think about 96% of of all our respondents were just, it's brilliant, we love it, get on with it. Gentlemen, one thing the three of us have got very much in common is our love and affection for Goodison Park. But right through this process, Gareth, very, very few Evertonians have stopped and said, hang on a sec, why are we moving? We don't have to move because we do, don't we? Yeah, but Darren, it's not. We're not talking about something that just happened overnight, are we? And 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 I think so. It's great to listen to Colin speak again, but like you have this situation where you have the game has moved on and it's moved on at such an exponential speed over the last fifteen to twenty years. And and let's be fair, there's been different conversations at different times with regards to a potential new ground, be it the site in Kirby, be it different conversations that were had, be it the fact that it was never going to be possible to redevelop. Goodison so I think for fans of the modern game and again I'm not saying the modern game is the be all and end all to everything but I just think that Goodison Park and I'm sure we've all had that strange nine months of even being down in Goodison Park with no fans there and and, and that history will will never um, not be the significance it holds for everybody and everybody will have their own individual memory or affiliation that will, will never will never go but I think there's the realism that if you want to continue as a big, I know we use the terms big club, right? But Everton is a huge club. You talk about the fan base, you talk about the demographic of the fan base, you talk about Liverpool as a, an iconic city and you talk about the, the history and tradition within that city. I think there's a recognition that the ground is, is really, really important. And even in these conversations, you're trying to manage that expectation, like I say, but Bramley Dock, there's an iconic element and the dare to dream element of being a fan of one, securing the permission and then two, starting to see this uh, grow. And I think that's what everybody wants to see. One of the points Colin made that's really, really relevant is that given the nine months we've had and the challenges for the city, the challenges for everybody individually and collectively is that there's hopefully going to be good news on the horizon that then everybody will look to buy into as well. And I think when, when you talk about the public consultation, you talk about the Liverpool region, you talk about the, the goodwill that sits behind this, I think it's an opportunity. And within, within opportunities and previous false dawns, I think sometimes you need all of the stars to align, if you like. Mm. And I, I hope that we're kind of in that situation now because you look at, like again, the history of the the waterfront and, and, and you think to yourself, well, like when you look at the plans and you look at the opportunity around that, it, it can only be exciting for us as Evertonians, absolutely. And you'll never forget or in any way diminish the history associated with Goodison Park and, and the true legends of Everton, as I would always say. But 
we're continuously looking to make history and I think it would put Everton on a different a different level. When we look back over iconic moments at Goodison Park, Gareth, your name will always crop up for that day in May 1998, which is something to be pretty proud of, isn't it, as an Evertonian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darren, I always think about that and it's, it's, it's quite funny because at the end of the day, club history will normally rightly be associated with winning things. And I think the, people, the thing people forget sometimes is I grew up celebrating and lauding those people who won and were part of that team in the 80s. And I always walk to Goodison now and you see, you see the history of the club and you see those iconic figures who've always are an integral part of the club for me. And I've always said this to you, and I think it's critically important that we maintain our link to those people because you only have them for a finite period. I don't mean that as a negative, but I think it's something that you can't underplay. And even recently, like I say, I look at Pat Vandenhel, you look at the people that I grew up idolising and were a part of something incredible. I think through lockdown, as Evertonians, we've all had the benefit of looking at Howard's way, which kind of brings you back to, to that time. But for me, as an Evertonian, as a fan, like you say, we're having a conversation about something that happened 22 years ago. And I've said this to people all the time. It's not so much for me. I think football, you move on. I'm very fortunate. It, it, was, it was an incredible part of my life, but you move on in your life. But I think I'll never forget walking into Goodison with my son a few years ago, who'd never been to Goodison before, walking up the steps and looking through his eyes. And then just as the team came out to Zedcars, obviously the goal was on the big screen and I'm looking at him. And I think that's there's a romance around that. And I think we, we, we all have our particular stories, but it's it's something of significance for the club's history because thankfully we didn't find ourselves relegated. We didn't find ourselves <laughs> in a situation that lots of clubs have done. And the club's been able to move on from that. So as an Evertonian, it's amazing, but it's a different different story. Colin, it's obviously not a project that we're trying to deliver on our own. We've brought in partners, Lango, Rourke and, and Bureau Happold. What's their influence been thus far? So, um, I mean, the strategy has always been to go into what we call a D&B lump sum contract, which is um, effectively they, they take over the design um, from us, drive it forward with, the, you know, particularly the detailed design and then give us a price and, and take on all the risks to deliver it. The fact that it's it's not just a construction project, it's a, a, a massive engineering project, football stadiums are. But to add a little bit of complexity, we've also got the maritime engineering, um, you know, we're filling in a dock. Um, it's in, obviously, a World Heritage Site, a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Um, the, the assistance that Langer Rock give us with the design teams is they can negotiate with us and on our behalf with the, uh, with the statutory stakeholders they can um, develop detailed um, reports and method statements and methodologies that we need to satisfy all the stakeholders. Um, and whilst they're doing that, they're actually creating and finalizing the design, um, a real detailed design, not just concepts. And, um, you know, all this needs uh, a massive amount of manpower. You know, Langerock have probably had around about 100 people working on this project in the last. Um, nine to 12 months. You know, Apple's have probably had around about 50 people working on it. The patent team, the Mies team, they've all had many people doing certain and individual tasks um, that all culminate. And, and, and it's really complicated to put it all together, then sequence it as a build process, then put a program together, 
and 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 stitch it all together and de-risk the whole project. And that's the uh, the advantage of a contractor. They understand what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, and how long it all takes. Um, and, and you know, we haven't got that expertise in house. You know, we need people with a a history and uh, you know, it's got a track record of delivering projects, not just football stadiums, but massive engineering projects. Uh, and that's what Langer Rourke, along with the, uh, you know, the, the consultants bring to the party. Gareth, as a former player, former Premier League player, a new stadium is surely a, a wonderful, wonderful selling point for a Premier League manager, isn't it? If you're trying to attract a new player and you've got a fantastic state-of-the-art stadium in such an iconic place as on the banks of the Royal Blue Mersey, shall we say, it, it's, it must make it easier to attract top-class players, mustn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, but I'm sure at the moment they'll be showing them the plans anyway and telling them this is what it's going to look like and if you're here long enough, you'll be able to play in it. I, th- I, I think I've, I thought about this in advance of a, at the call today. I think it goes back to what I said a little bit earlier. I think Liverpool as a city, the history and tradition with regards to both clubs is, is huge. And I, I think the current manager's had a year in charge now and is starting to be able to impose his kind of style and his vision for the club. And I think for Colin, the fundamental reality is that he has the difficult challenge of being wheeled out in front of different people, asking challenging questions all the time. But you you fundamentally live or die by the quality of what's happening on the pitch as well. And I think Colin would be the first to say that that a successful team makes everybody's job that little bit easier. Uh, and with, with... I mean, yeah, totally agree, Gareth. That's, um, that's the club key performance indicator, really, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, so like you, you, you have the challenge, Colin, to dealing with all of these acronyms and building terms that I'm sure you'll have to develop a glossary for the fans for over the next few years. But I think, Darren, a successful team determines those things. I think this, the, the, the story of Liverpool as a city has always been incredibly strong. And I think at the moment, it's, it's, it's fabulous to be able to look at, say, the manager in charge at Everton. And again, I'm not I'm, you talk about Liverpool's successes, but I'm saying both clubs doing well is huge for football, given the history and tradition. And I think then the clever part for Colin is that that hopefully maps into the overall vision and plan for the club. We talk about ex-players and football. You you can never replace that buzz of playing or you can never replace that buzz of being involved. And it's it, it's always great, again, to see so many of the ex-players at Goodison whenever I go down. But I think there's a lot of people will all be looking forward to being able to walk into a new ground and be a part of that and experience that atmosphere. And again, the club have done really well within the People's Project. There's been an, up- an opportunity through the virtual reality to kind of get a taste for that. But again, that's, you know, it, it's not real and people can process it and start to see it. Whereas now kind of you're into the end game, if you like, with regards to planning and then firming up on the possibility of starting starting to work in earnest. So you cannot extricate in a football club the importance of a successful team. And, and I think there's been there's been huge investment already, different conversation for a different day. But I think the, they're all very much aligned with regards to all projects being successful. Colin, I heard somebody the other day when they were discussing the planning application, we've left no stone unturned. And I've even read that we've had climate reports done. Do you want to just fill us in a little bit on that? Yes, I mean one of the um, key briefs for the uh, for the new stadium is you know it, it has to last at least sixty years without any major um, repairs or uh, refurbishments. So um, you can imagine. I mean, I won't say it, but uh, 
in 60 years time, you know, the climate could be a completely different um, climate to what we have today. So we have a, a number of consultants um, who work with us who forecast what the potential climate could be in 60, 100 years time and take into account, you know, global warming and other stuff. It's a, a bit of a dark art and a science. Having said that, you've, you, you have to plan ahead. So um, we are actually probably building, you know, one of the most complex um, projects in one of the most difficult locations. It's in a, you know, World Heritage Site. It's in a floodplain. It's in a Dockland environment, which is used to control the Leeds Liverpool waterfalls and the canals there. Um, and and we, we literally have to raise the footprint of the stadium by over a metre um, to, to create a new uh, level, if you want to call it that reduced level, where we, you know, hopefully in the future, in 100 years time, all the, uh, the experts will have got it right and, and effectively we won't be playing in any water. Uh, in, in the reality of it, we actually create a little island in North Liverpool. <laughs> so, so the rest of Liverpool could flood, but the uh, the football stadium should be okay. So, <laughs> and, and, I, and I think, Darren, there's always a sheer wind coming in off the Mersey. So I think that will be bullet point one in any review that's undertaken. Absolutely. Well, the, the wind itself, um, it is a big problem um, that we've had to mitigate. And, and the amount of... Um, we do what's called CFD modeling, which is computer fluid dynamic modeling. And it is, we've done around about 50 models based on different wind scenarios. Um, and even where the rain could potentially come in from because it's such a unique environment. You know, it's one of the windiest cities in the UK and it's probably one of the windiest locations in the windiest city. So uh, it doesn't come without its challenges. Um, but you know, we've, we've, as you said, tried to uh, to turn over every rock uh, and make sure that we, uh, we, you know, we don't fall foul of any mistakes. But it's uh, trying to forecast a hundred years into the future is uh, is difficult. <laughs> the best of times. <laughs> well, no one's going to be around to prove you wrong, are they? So can't you just make it up? I'm sure we'll still have to, we'll, we'll still have the Zoom recording, Darren. We'll be able to return to, to the comments made on the call. Just, I remember when Colin said that we covered all of that off 100 years ago. Yeah, I'll be like a head in a, in a bucket, you know, a glass bucket, and, and you mark my words, the lawyers will be reminding me of what I <laughs> Gareth, I just want to finish on the Goodison Park legacy, which I know you've done a lot of work with Everton community, and the fact that we will leave an Everton footprint in the Liverpool Four area is just massive to this whole project, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think, to be honest with you, Darren, I think it's one of the biggest successes about the club. As I say, we all have our like our association with, with the club, and I'm very, very fortunate, but I think for me, Everton in the community is... It, it's, it's incredible. I and mean, when you see the impact and the effect it has on people on a day-to-day basis, it's, it's, uh, it's incredibly humbling, but it's also something that you take incredible pride in, even, even on any small level. And again, I think that with living through such an incredibly uh, uncertain time and unprecedented in many ways what we've gone through this year, and I still always look out and I have, I've got so much respect for all of the people that work within Everton in the community. And I think, again, we, we can bring it back to not, not this new stadium per se, but I think there's been a recognition of the importance of that. And I, and, and I think that 
it's one of the things that in other projects, learning from other projects, that's very much been at the forefront of people's minds. And I think it has to be that we sometimes use the words legacy very, very easy. It's a bit like legend. But I think that Everton is that area. It's a part of it. The fan base, it, it, all of the all of the statistics, again, stand on their own with regards to it's a part of the community. It always has been. And I think that's something that we can't lose sight of. And I think the reality is, Darren, people won't let people lose sight of it. So mm. I think with regards to the battles that are being had and will continue to be had, if you like, around securing your new site, one of the considerations has been very much the fact that we can't lose sight of that legacy of Goodison, of the history that's that's taking place there. And I think those reminders, like you say, are, are, are everywhere. And, and it's... Uh, it's imperative to what happens moving forward. And again, there's, and that's not a blasé or a, a bluster piece. Do you know what I mean? I think mm. everybody's history is, is individual to them and everybody's memory is individual to them. But I think it is something that I think the club have correctly put at the forefront of their uh, planning. And that, yes, we'll have this new ground, but fundamentally we're very conscious and won't forget the history associated, one, with Goodison, but two, also respecting that area and knowing where... not. You know, it's like it's like the tune in it. We always hear it, and you hear it a lot lately. If you know your history, but the mm. fundamental reality is, it's. Yeah. I think it's imperative because, especially in the world we live in of PR and bluster and marketing and how everything can be used to satisfy a particular agenda or plan. I think it's something that we need to we need to stick to. And I think the people I know who are involved in it, they will do. So it's not something that I would overly worry about. Gentlemen, it's an unbelievably fascinating project it's an unbelievably exciting project gareth I, I really envy you having played for everton at goodison park colin i don't envy you one jot having to pull this project together but gareth and colin thank you very much indeed for joining us on this latest everton podcast <laughs>